Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hello and welcome to a special best of episode of Do The Right Thing. I'm Danielle Ward and with me today are Michael Legg. Hello. And Margaret Cable-Smith. Hiya. And producer Ben is also here. Oh, hello. So ahead of the new series, Series 7, we asked fans of the show on Twitter to suggest what bits from the past 38 episodes they would choose to put in a best of and they have done. We're going to start with some clips from round one, the importance of being right. In this round, I give the panel scenarios and they have to work out what the right thing to do in any situation is. So what are we about to hear, producer Ben? We're about to hear clips from Sarah Millican and Jesse Thorne. Dave Gorman and Romish Ranganathan. Sarah Kendall and Chris Addison. Rufus Hound and Diane Morgan. Paul Foote and Richard Herring. Shappy Corsandi and Richard Osman. And again, Rufus Hound and Diane Morgan. Let's hear the clips. The importance of being right. Michael and Sarah, you're first. It's a lovely sunny day and you are feeling great. You decide to celebrate by taking all your clothes off and throwing your windows wide open to allow nature's breeze to waft around your unmentionables. But oh no, that window is, if anything, too open and a pigeon flies into your house. So what is the right way to get a bird out of your living room according to apartmenttherapy.com? Can I check that you're using windows as in windows or windows as in downstairs lady windows? <laughs> when I I'll throw them open, open. <laughs> throw them open to get some air out. That would be a new career. Yeah. <laughs> if I could ask a secondary clarifying question, when you say pigeon, do you mean bird pigeon or downstairs gentleman pigeon? <laughs> out of your funny is that what the question is <laughs> that's what you think all questions are <laughs> um, so, uh, the question is how to get a bird out of a house get a bird out of your house yeah I probably just like if you leave the windows open and it doesn't leave of its own accord then just start charging it rent <laughs> I actually had a, uh, a pigeon in my block of flats. I, li- I live on the second floor and there were no windows open. Is your name and Luca? I came up to... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, no, and I, and I came home and I came up to two flights of stairs and there was a pigeon sitting on my doormat. But then um, when I... This sounds really weird, but when I looked at it, it got up and it had laid, laid an egg. And I swear, I swear, it then saw of nodded at the end. <laughs> anyway, I totally freaked out and I had to get my boyfriend who was inside the flat to come out and shoo the pigeon away and then we, I'm really sorry, but we threw the egg away. You could you totally have, have to. eaten it. You have to. <laughs> oh. But ever since then, I swear pigeons have been after me How? and I, I think they want my child. <laughs> As penance. You may be confusing pigeons with Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> I had a pigeon in my flat once. I mean, my flatmate just both went, ah! and then hid till it went away. Is that the answer? Just hide till it goes away. <laughs> Have you ever had a wild animal in your house, Michael? I've got a dog in my house at all times. What do you mean it's not wild? It's literally domestic. What? It's literally what? 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 not it? a wild animal. Well, do you know what? Those are just non-vegan terms. <laughs> what do you... Yeah. Michael, have you what do you do his... if you have insects in your house? Do you, as a vegan... In... Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> incest. Have you had incest? I thought you said incest. 
Oh my god. How'd you get a cock out of your I put a vegan trap down for my sister. And then put a bit of card under it, take her out into the park and let her go. Then I'll fuck her brains out. Is that what we all want to do? Sorry, I started that. <laughs> when the pigeon is in your room, should you close the curtains or should you leave them open? Is a pigeon like a budgie? Because a budgie goes to sleep if you cover its cage. So I'm thinking if you oh. shut the curtains, then the pigeon will fall asleep and then you could spoon it. <laughs> yeah. Put a blanket or a jumper over it, I know this, and then you scoop it up and you take it back to Mother Nature. Do you? Yep. Producer Ben? First time ever. How many podcasts have we done? First time I've ever answered a question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You close the curtain so it doesn't decide to fly straight into a closed window. Relax, stand still, be quiet. You'll find after a while this should calm the bird and stop it flapping around. When it is finally still, gently toss a towel over it. This prevents it from flying. Then very gently pick it up, put it in a cardboard box using the towel as a cover, take it outside, let it out, and the bird will fly off. So yeah, one point still, to Michael and Sarah. He's still admitted to fucking his sister. I mean, I don't think we should be giving Have you ever had to sober yourself up for an important meeting? No, the good thing about my job is that I'm generally it's expected that I'm quite drunk, you know, <laughs> at, at, at all times. So it's been a long time since I had to be sober for a job. That's not bad, isn't it? I mean, you are a mother. Uh... <laughs> but you don't have to seem sober for your child they're fine they're idiots they don't know they don't know Dave Gorn what's the most drunk you've ever been I once bought a hot air balloon on eBay (laughs) Uh, I've woke up in airports having bought tickets in drink really yeah for planes or for (laughs) phantom Uh, (laughs) no I it was phantom but it was in Washington DC it was, it was both. I'll simplify the question for you. Yes. How would copying a bat help you to sober up? It's got to be an Flying. upside down thing, hasn't it? Uh, be nocturnal. Inspire a superhero. <laughs> be a bit icky. What's icky about a bat? Well, if it was a bat in this room, what, you'd just be calm, would you? Yeah, I really like bats. I really like bats. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't really like bats. Really... You'd have a bat. I like bats. Do you like dogs? Yeah. You've got a dog. Why, you, you claim you like bats. Where's your bat, cunt? Oh. Sorry. <laughs> I've just invented a superhero. <laughs> it's not something he about... He killed his own parents. <laughs> <laughs> Ramesh, how would you copy a bat? Uh, like a hangout in a cave and before you cool. see Jeremy Paxman they're quite cool like, I, I, I mean, I'm actually on the principle that I'm in the back of an Addison Lee on my way to see Jeremy Paxman <laughs> yeah, yeah stop off at a cave <laughs> <laughs> alright I mean she asked me how I would like to be like a bat okay That's, I'm just going with the fucking question Ramesh, here right? Ramesh I think you were supposed to pay attention to what had been said before that as well I don't think okay, it was okay fine just fine a... so within an Addison Lee car how would I be like a bat well I fucking couldn't uh, alright because yeah. bats don't take taxis, this whole thing is bullshit. All right, that's my answer. Okay. Come back. The question specified a motorbike. Oh, so Margaret, you're not listening either, were you, fuckface? <laughs> Maybe you should take some of your own medicine, dickheads. 
Producer Ben, what is the actual answer? Okay, so according to uk.askmen.com, scientists have discovered that when bats get drunk off the alcohol inside ripened fruit, they then seek out fructose to help them sober up. This should help humans too, so the stuff to eat and drink is stuff like fruit, honey, Coca-Cola, apple sauce, ketchup, Italian fat-free salad dressing and Pop-Tarts. All things are commonly found on the back of a motorbike, yeah. which is, what a handy answer, fuckface. Uh, uh, like, yeah. Or you could uh, just rehydrate, drink water, fruit juice or sports drinks, even better, not on the back of a bike I guess, but make yourself a broth from bouillon stock cubes. <laughs> is bullshit you're just giving make a bouillon what the fuck are you talking about I've written down here in my notes I hate everyone I've ever slept with I wish their knobs would (laughs) (laughs) wish their knobs would fall off I mean I believe Danielle that you once said to me when I see someone I've slept with I just think you've been inside me why aren't you dead (laughs) Not, but, um... Don't you think that once you've been there with someone, I think the whole reason I can't do it is just because the jealousy thing is if the shoe's on the other foot and my husband was exactly like... as a woman, do you not wish you had teeth down there so it snapped it no, off? No, that's yeah. really yes. not what she said. <laughs> you've got to listen, listen. <laughs> she was talking about empathy, I think. I was nodding the whole time, going, "Yes, I'm essentially saying I wish I had vagina dentata." That's exactly what I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> so, Margaret, are yeah. you good at staying friends with your exes? I only have two exes, and I've that, never done We're not talking about chromosomes. <laughs> <laughs> on and on about my bloody chromosomes. It's no shame. The Y is well overrated. <laughs> Chris, are you friends with any of your exes? Yeah, I'm friends with one of my exes, but there was a sort of 20-year gap. Where we weren't friends. But we have a lot of friends in common. How old were you when you went out? We went out at university. If I was your wife, I'd be so threatened by that. Are you serious? Yep. Definitely. But my wife is much more stable than you. (laughs) She's not a (laughs) stand-up. She's not a stand-up. She's not one of us. She's a human. (laughs) Okay, so in that hypothetical situation where you've got friends in common stuff, any time you guys were talking to each other, I'd think, he's put his dick in her. He's had his dick in her, and that would just drive me crazy. Exactly. That's you, why you, you want them to die. And her vagina has had your dick in it. I, what are they talking I, about? Are they talking about their dicks and vaginas? I bet that's what, what they're they talking are? about. What you're sort of are? talking about saying? this as though that what you're saying is a reasonable response. <laughs> <laughs> you're saying, yeah, I, I would do this, this and the implication is, therefore, this is the thing that everybody would do and perfectly normal and reasonable, when in fact you need help. <laughs> I've just realised my husband is literally, as we speak... Uh, Under that another woman. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yes, yeah. Uh, no, being directed by his ex-girlfriend. Wait, what? Directed to do what? In a play, in a play. Maybe I'm massively arrogant. But my husband slept with, on the television, two people who were in the top 100 sexiest ladies in the country, as voted by FHM. But I met them. (laughs) I was not threatened. Um, (laughs) No, because one of them didn't know what the word etiquette meant. (laughs) And how could you be threatened by that? 
Yes, yes, she might be enveloping my husband's penis with her perfectly manicured vagina, but she is an imbecile. I don't know. I couldn't fuck an imbecile. That is a great T-shirt. I'm having that T-shirt. Anybody, have you ridden a motorbike? No. I have. My uncle, who's now dead, had one. <laughs> How did he die? Skin cancer. <laughs> oh, my God. This is awful. It's an odd... I'm sorry, I, do, I know I just applauded the death. <laughs> I, I thought this was going to be, like, loose women. <laughs> That. <laughs> <laughs> but you've been on the back of his bike, have yes. you? Yeah. It's good, it's scary though, having to lean into the bend. You don't want to. No? Mm. MCS, you were going to pipe um, up there? Yeah, I've been on, <laughs> on the back of um, a motorbike and the man <laughs> subsequently lost his arm. <laughs> really? I, that's weird, isn't it? Careless. <laughs> I don't want to say why I lost touch with him. <laughs> <laughs> Is there an arm in your fridge? <laughs> sure, that's less embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's quite cold-hearted when talking about a man who lost his arm to say you lost touch. <laughs> what is the right way to get rid of an unwanted erection according to howtogetridofstuff.com? <laughs> Well, I've never had an unwanted erection. I've always liked it. It's always good to know what's well, there. Well, you say that, but there have been times when I haven't wanted it. <laughs> it's not just about whether you want the erection. It's about other people in society. They matter. Hear, hear. <laughs> well, I'm sorry if I'm an old-fashioned gentleman who still thinks of an erection as a compliment. <laughs> Got one now. <laughs> when I was at school, sometimes I would get an erection in the science lessons, and then. <laughs> Why particularly science? Well, no, nothing to do with being science lessons really. It's more just that it was about three thirty in the afternoon. <laughs> it's afternoon time wow. for a gentleman's afternoon yes. erection. Yeah. We are yeah. learning it's, things. It's way, it's way after the eleventh's erection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How did you get rid of it, or did you just live with it? I think I learned to live... Ultimately, people learnt to look forward to the erection. <laughs> that's what became one of the highlights of the lessons. In, indeed, later on, it was actually um, in the biology lesson... Uh, used, used as an example. Yeah, it was used as an example in a small bell jar. <laughs> um, Richard Herring, yes. you, you like penises, don't you? I know everything about the penis. That um, is, is this 3.30 erection? <laughs> yeah. That's not true. Well, so cool. By the time you're 45, if you get an erection, you just want to hold on to it for as long <laughs> as you can. There's <laughs> such a rare occurrence. Um, when you can ejaculate, that will get rid of your erection. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Unless you're actually on Viagra, that's time, as I understand it, as I am told. Uh, I had uh, one of my friends is an STD doctor at one of the clinics. I, and I you can see how you met. <laughs> and she's, uh, quite, she's an attractive woman and um, the men would either ask her out when they were getting their diseased oh, genitals 
looked at, which I think so is, I think that is really, I think that's beyond optimistic. Maybe we'll wait a week or two, yeah. see what the test results are. But often men would get an erection as they're being examined, but she told me that she would hit it with a pencil. <laughs> and that would make it go down. My friend worked in an STD clinic and she got into trouble on the first day because the first crabs she ever saw, she went, oh, look, they're so sweet. <laughs> Shappy, oh, do you think wolves are sexy? <laughs> Finally, someone's asked. Well, my favourite film is American Wolf in London, and it's quite hot when he changes and he's kind. He kind killed wolf. several people. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but he regretted it. <laughs> yeah, he, and he died. He wouldn't eat the woman he loved, though. I met her on a train. What was her name? Jenny Agatha. Jenny Agatha, right? I was coming from Exeter. By the way, this isn't my best anecdote. <laughs> I have others. Um, and there was genuine leaves on the line, so we all had to exit the train at Exeter, and everyone was there. There was, like, mutiny going, oh, what are we going to do? And then a group of about 15 of us went, let's hire a minibus and go to the next station. And Jenny Agatha comes along and says, can I join your group? And I was yeah. driving a minibus. <laughs> what is it with Jenny Agatha and stopping fucking trains? <laughs> ticket I had a standard class ticket but she sat in standard with me because she felt she ought to because I, I think I just look really needy and we shared a bottle of wine when I say we shared it she's teetotal um, <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen anyone run so fast <laughs> once they arrived at Euston the way she said goodbye to me we're tight <laughs> um, have you got an actual answer Margaret or Shappy? What would you do with a wolf? Climb a tree. <laughs> Climb a tree. Dig a pit. If I, say, I, I have a terrible, like my worst fear is being eaten by a lion. And that's kind of why I'm scared of dogs as well. Anything with teeth really properly terrifies me. Anything um, with teeth. <laughs> Except Jenny Agatha. <laughs> so you don't like combs or cysts? No, no. <laughs> Sometimes when I look at those, you know those, those weird times in the middle of the night when you just look at weird shit on the internet and you look at like someone that was born with their own twin inside their belly. Normally all you see of that twin is like teeth and a blob of hair. I don't like those either. Um, anyway, anyway, have another drink, Jenny. Uh... <laughs> We're only at Taunton. <laughs> genuinely do when I can't sleep. Mm -hmm. I go through all of the characters in Friends, alphabetically, and oh try to God. name their relatives. <laughs> <laughs> Only I've got a bit good to sit and I can get to the end now before I've fallen asleep. The six main, or all of six the... Six main, the six main. I don't know Gunther's great fucking <laughs> uncles, do I? I've never <laughs> seen Friends. Never. What? I should point out, Michael, it's a television <coughs> show, it's not a concept. Oh! <laughs> Maybe I have seen it then. <laughs> I've seen the Northern Irish version, Cunts in a Fountain. <laughs> it does sound intrinsically more threatening, doesn't it? I'll be there for you. Hey, Beverly, great to be there for you. I don't think that's the lyric. <laughs> Margaret and Diane. Yeah, but the real lyrics are even more threatening in a Belfast accent. 
So, no one told you life was going to be this way. <laughs> Your job's a joke, you broke. Your love life's IRA. We're going to go with that. Before we continue, we've got a message from our sponsors. Who is us ourselves? Yes, if you enjoy Do the Right Thing, why not consider supporting the show with your cold, hard cash? Uh, we'd love to make some more episodes, and we'd love to make some episodes more quickly. Yeah, we'd like to do it faster. <laughs> uh, but even more than that, we'd like to be able to afford to pay ourselves. And our guests. And our guests, yes. Uh, for doing this, we don't pay ourselves Or anything. our guests. Or our guests. Well, we pay them 20 <laughs> well, quid. Yeah, a very small amount of money. <laughs> yes. They get 20 quid! Oh, uh, Michael's going to leave now. Yes, well... I've got nowhere to go. Anyway, so we don't pay ourselves because we don't make any money from the show and so we'd like to change that going forward we'd love to make some more series and more episodes in the future but to do that we need your help so there's a couple of ways you can donate go to comedy.co.uk forward slash dtrt forward slash donate please yes please Um, please isn't in the address oh god (laughs) i can probably get it put in Donate, please. Donate, please. Uh, Comedy.co.uk forward slash DTRT forward slash donate uh, to find out how you can make us a one-off payment via PayPal. Or? Or, well, we've also set up a Patreon where you can pay an amount per episode going forward. That's what I do with The Chase on ITV. You give them money? I just throw a coin at the telly every time mm-hmm. <laughs> Every time it's on. Have you broken your telly? <laughs> Anyway, knowing that people are pledging money for new episodes will really help us plan ahead to make a new series and also enable us to pay ourselves and also enable us to put the time in to get edits done more quickly and things like that. So uh, that's our plan. We'd love to make more, but we need your help. Before we get excited and go, oh, I've seen Patreon, I know the sort of things people do, don't people put nude photos of themselves on there for like $2? That isn't what we're doing. No, we've kept it pretty simple on Patreon. Really, we want to just keep making the show and we'd love your help to do it. But... If you do pledge above a certain amount, I think it's $7 per episode, you will get access to a much longer edit of each episode. And oh my Christ, the last few episodes we've done have been like two and a half hours. So <laughs> and have lots more dodgy material oh than God, even like goes out. Really bad stuff. We're going to be all over the Daily Mail. <laughs> yes, lots of bits that don't make the episode proper. And so if you like that sort of thing, then that's something you can get by going to our Patreon. Please give us your money because we want to make more episodes. Let's get back to the clips. Now we're going to have some from our agony round in which we discuss a real agony aunt letter sent into a newspaper or website and then try to agony aunt the audience members as well. What are we about to hear, producer Ben? We are about to hear from Catherine Ryan and Mike Wozniak. Jessica Foster-Q and Nish Kumar. Joe Lysett and Doc Brown. And that's it. And that's it. Anyway, to warm our panel up, here's a real problem sent to an actual agony aunt. Michael, could you read this, please? Here we go. Dear agony aunt, in 2012, my wife and I purchased a top-of-the-range vibrator. (laughs) Oh, no? Oh, it is cheeky, isn't it? (laughs) We used it a few times, and we're just beginning to really integrate it into our sex lives when she died suddenly of a heart attack. (laughs) Brackets, the vibrator had nothing to do with that. (laughs) Now, I've begun to date again. (laughs) I've met a woman with an open mind. And I'm thinking she might enjoy using the vibrator. (laughs) sure how to suggest it. Is it 
creepy to offer a dead woman's vibrator to someone else. And if so, what else can I do with it? Sell it? It's an expensive piece of equipment, barely used. I think it should be employed and loved once again. The important word in barely used is not barely. <laughs> How do you explain that, though, to your new partner? Just go, oh, well, what happened to your ex-wife? Well, we went to bed. I said, I'm going to take you to heaven and back. Well, come on. Let's <laughs> not push it. Do you uh, do you buy things secondhand, Mike? <laughs> Sex toys and the like. I just sort of, you know, have a rummage in the park bushes and see what I find. <laughs> Get a cat to lick it off. And, uh... They've got antiseptic tongues, don't they? They do. They do. There's a little sort of spray gland at the back um, yeah. with sort of lemony fluid. And, uh... Do you know vultures have uh, antibacterial shit? No. Yeah, yeah. So they no, shit on no, their own you mean, you mean no. <laughs> it's a great fact, there's no way it's true. It's true. Um, that's because you know they wade through carcasses. Right. They shit down their own legs and it kills the bacteria. I've met people like that. <laughs> <laughs> if you can get one to shit on a used vibrator. <laughs> I think the first time you use a vibrator, you wanted to come out of a sealed package. I think so, yeah. <laughs> a friend of mine went back with a guy. They'd been on a couple of dates. It was the first time she'd been back to his house. And he bought. And this is the worst bit for me. He bought out a sort of battered gym bag. Yeah. Full of second-hand oh, sex bleh. toys. <laughs> as a, you know, as a treat. <laughs> I'd have thought the inside of vagina is the cleanest place on the body. It depends what's just been put there. Like a second-hand vibrator, for example. Vulture shit would be fine about it. Usually what it is. The thing is, it doesn't go into who is new girlfriend is, but say, for instance, it's Fiona Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's into that shit, right? She's into used goods. <laughs> Listen, this is a very serious question. Sorry, Catherine, sorry. I know it's all fun and games now, and you feel like, oh, this is crazy, but men do this. They do have a dirty gym bag full of their own toys and handcuffs and things. You shouldn't use a gym bag. You should use a lunchbox or something. <laughs> <laughs> lunchbox. I always I mean, keep the containers, containers from takeaway for that reason. <laughs> I did a very naughty thing. I'm a nice, 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 nice girl until you cross me. And then I'm very mean. And uh, I found an ex was not being very nice to me, and I knew that it would be over. And when I found out about some cheating, I dug a little more. I found out about some more cheating and some more cheating. And he was one of these ones with a gym bag of, like, dirty sex stuff, like butt plugs, gags, the whole nine. I didn't touch most of it. And then, <laughs> um, so what I did was... <laughs> Oh. Yeah, the word there is most. Yeah. <laughs> what I did was, is uh, when I was throwing him out with all of his things, I sent the big bag of dirty sex stuff to the only address that I had for him after I'd thrown him out, which was his parents. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. And 
And his parents said, well, we can't say it's our son's stuff to the agony aunt. Let's just make up a dead wife or something. This is from Dear Prudence in Slate magazine, and she says, Talk about a buzzkill. I can't even imagine raising the idea a of A buzzkill. <laughs> I can't even imagine raising the idea of asking your new squeeze to party with a vibrator loved by Hi. your late wife. Even if you've cleaned it off with antibacterial toy cleaning spray, this suggestion is going to cause unnecessary friction. Powerful cleaning substance. <laughs> As for selling it, yes, it's possible. That could find the vibrator a new home. But I would not want to meet the kind of person who would ring my bell in order to get a used vibrator. Um, I'm going to give Mike the point there for stressing that toys should come out of a sealed package. Good. Thank you. So next we have Paddy. Is Paddy here? His wife's birthday is on Boxing Day. Is your wife here? No. And every year she's upset to get birthday presents with reindeers and holly on the wrapping paper. What should I do? Well, <laughs> I've no idea. I mean, I think we're all stumped there. Right, I mean, Paddy. there isn't a solution Sorry. to that, is Can there? Can you explain it again? Do you try and make a special effort on Boxing Day for her birthday? Not until now, no. <laughs> Paddy. I mean... <laughs> Paddy, there's a real tension in the room because everyone's... I think it's because his voice is really deep and scary. And I was like, because everyone's like, is Paddy fucking the biggest piece of shit in the world? (laughs) Yes. Do you buy a present that's like one big thing? Like one big kettle? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the dream. That's why I ask for every year. One big kettle. Otherwise known as a cauldron. This year? I haven't decided yet. Any, any ideas? <laughs> A new, new husband. New husband. <laughs> oh, you sound like a real catch, Paddy. <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing, but I feel like crying. <laughs> Also, because Paddy, I don't know whether you've got like a, a frog in your throat or something, or whether you just have a genuinely Tom Waitsian voice. But I can imagine that when she gets a present that's wrapped in Christmas wrapping, and you just go, "Happy fucking birthday!" <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really sell the festivity. <laughs> oh, Paddy, who do you think your wife would give points to? Keep in mind, I said nothing. <laughs> Because you're scared. <laughs> no, I'll be honest with you, I'm still baffled by the fucking question. I'm a cunt. What's the problem? <laughs> you, you're the fucking problem. I think because of that, uh, Michael. <laughs> Is Daddy JJ here? Daddy JJ? Yeah. Serious. Daddy JJ says, my wife and I cannot agree on what to tell our little girl to name her bits. I prefer to call it vagina, she prefers frou-frou. Do you have any good suggestions? You know what, I've been dealing with this quite a bit recently. Um, Both my daughters have been more than happy with vagina, but the issue that I've really had is with the younger one who masturbates all the time. And she's six. And um, the 
older one, my older daughter is nine, okay? So, like, she, I've never experienced this with her ever. She's very, very private about her privates, which I like. As a dad who just doesn't want to get involved in women's shit, I, I'm happy with that. It's not with a shit. But the, <laughs> but the little one, constantly. I was driving along, and uh, I heard, like, a humming from the back seat, and she brought a little mouse with a pull-out cord to it, a little toy mouse, and when you let go of the cord, it, it rolls along the ground. But if you hold it, all it does is vibrate, right? And she had that on her, yeah. on the back seat. And I was just like, what the hell? And she was like, it feels so nice. And I, I didn't know how to reprimand her about it. This is not what the story is supposed to be. What I, what I, wanted, what, what I wanted to... to I just wanted to get to the crux of how I learned that she calls her thing a vagina and nothing else. We were at the Shaw Theatre in Houston. The elder one, she was doing a ballet recital, right? And the lights are about to go down about five minutes from showtime. And she's there just flicking the bean like it's nothing, right? Constantly. And I was like, you can't... I don't want to make it feel weird because no, it's natural, you just have right? To say not in I said, please, public. please don't do it when we're around strangers. Do it in your bed, do it at bedtime, after story time is fine, okay? You know? Um, it is, it's fine, it's fine. And she said, why? What's wrong? What's wrong? And I said, look, we've had this conversation, remember the mouse thing? And um, <laughs> the lights go down, and everyone's like, shh, all the parents are now, shh, 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 shh. And um, the orchestra are about to strike up, but there's that moment of silence when the lights go down, it's all black, and there's a hush. And she started doing it again. I said, please, stop doing that. And she said, I'm just tickling my vagina. <laughs> like, that loud. That loud. I switched seats. I literally, I just fucking left. I, I got up and left. So that when the lights came on the interval, I wouldn't be there. I'd be somewhere else. No, I think that's, I think that's fair enough. But that's vagina's fair. fine, man. Like, it doesn't... Like, no, I the, think it sounds... Penis has a lot more nicknames. Well, um, I zoned out a minute ago. Can someone summarise what's happened? <laughs> Have you ever seen a vagina? Wow. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> that is incredible. There's some shit you just can't write. <laughs> Just unreal, that. Unreal. I didn't know I'd invited my mum, but there you go. <laughs> I didn't know she had a glass vagina. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sorry, Daddy JJ. Oh, sorry, Daddy. I mean... Daddy yeah. JJ. <laughs> what does the JJ stand for? Maybe we can work around that. She's not calling it after her dad. <laughs> Put Daddy, it, put Daddy it JJ, has any of that been helpful? Um, no. Well, in that case, we'll move on. Producer Ben, let's check the scores. Gash. <laughs> sorry, sorry, we're too late, we're too late, we're too late. Sorry. Let's move on, let's move on. See, I should go back and listen to this, because since the Christmas episode, which we recorded in October when I was 35 weeks pregnant, I have given birth to a child that what, has a vagina. What have you been calling it? Uh, Mary, or her flip-flops. Her flip flops? <laughs> that could really lead to I mean, a lot really of problems. That's really close to flaps, isn't it? <laughs> flip flop flaps! <laughs> Just cleaning up your flip flops. I'm getting a really like specific image of your daughter's vagina now. Is that what you want? <laughs> well, we've got that on tape. No. <laughs> 
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. <laughs> Our third round is the expert round where we get someone on who has an interesting job or hobby and then waste their time by trying to guess what they do in some weird situations. I like the fly lady. We've got that coming up, haven't we, Ben? Yeah, we've got, we've got Erica the fly lady Erica coming fly up. fly lady. Margaret, Michael, who were your favourite experts? Well, the memorable one for me is the Scottish chef. Chef, I was going to say, have we got who, the chef yeah, in here? We've got any of the experts that terrified us, I think yeah. those yeah. are the most memorable. And we don't have the Scottish chef because we're quite visual, him bringing all his knives oh, to show us. That yeah. was Simon, the Simon Munry episode, Simon wasn't Simon Munry and Lucy, Lucy Porter. Porter. I uh, very much enjoyed how to dispose of a bomb. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you that done that like a lot since? Oh, it's been really handy, actually. It's been <laughs> one of the many things that I've implemented into my everyday life. Into your mothering. Into my mothering. Excellent. I think I like John Ronson best because he said to us that if any of the... It's uh, in there. Oh, it's in there. Yeah. Well, then, I'll tell you what, I won't even know. But my point is, he's wrong, though, isn't he? <laughs> Who are we about to hear, Producer Ben? Well, we're going to go back and hear from Joe Lyson and Doc Brown again with Dr. Erica McAllister, the, uh, the fly lady from the... Natural History Museum. And Susan Coleman and Nick Doody. Joined by Matthew Perrett, who's an interpreter and easily, I've got to say, my favourite ever expert. Uh, we're going to hear from Les Dennis. Bridget- Les Dennis! Les Dennis yes. and Actually, Bridget Christine. I think we only hear Les Dennis's laugh. Oh, huh? we had Les Dennis We're going to hear Les Dennis's laugh. And my doppelganger, Bridget Christie and Mark Olver and our expert, Dr. Kevin Fernando, GP. We're going to hear from Robin Ince and Josie Long with expert John Ronson on psychopaths. And we're going to hear from Kerry Godleyman, Paul Sinner and evolutionary biologist, Simon Watt. Ask, 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 ask. How did you get into flies, Erica? As a child, I was given a microscope and I used to, the cats used to bring in dead mammals and I would um, watch them decompose in my bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) And I had a lecturer at university, he'd scoop up this pile of insects and he'd go, Erica, that eats that, that lays its egg in that, that rips the head off that, that does that, and I was like, brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) It was my life. Tell me, Erica, how do you find a good man? To be true, I, I fiddle with genitalia every day. But, fly but, genitalia? Oh, it's the most exciting genitalia. Oh, my God. Flies have... Like, this has gone cocks. to another level. They don't just have cocks. 
They have like little tickling organs on the side of them. They have all sorts of things. They have, in comparison to their body, genitalia, like a third to a half the size of them. Not that unusual so, in my case. <laughs> so you're saying half their body is an erogenous zone? Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. So if, you say, if I swat a fly and I narrowly graze its side, it's enjoying that shit. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> We've just been to a fly conference. 400 fly experts around the world. I'll tell you, and we had this plenary lecture at 9 o'clock in the morning about fly porn. And we could watch them all doing, like, hitting each other and headbutting and how they usually mate. And then there was a bit where they were doing fly kissing. And I tell you, none of the audience could look. We were like, oh, that's too intimate. Break it down. Yeah. Break it, break it down, break it down. What happens? Is it like, you know that thing that comes out when they're, they're sucking on poo? Is it that thing that comes down these... That's their mouth. Yeah, so is that what it is? They do no. The... Do you use your mouth to transfer sperm? No, but you said fly kissing. I use my mouth to kiss. No, I, don't know what the hell... I don't know what the hell you do at the Natural History Museum with your nerd friends. But with me, I use my mouth to kiss. Yes, they do exactly the same. OK, break with it down. With your nerd friends? <laughs> hey, she railed me. She railed me. I'm really sorry about the nerd quip. I want... But yeah, I'm, just, I'm genuinely interested in fly kissing. Can I just... <laughs> well, we'll start with... We'll give you the first scenario. I'm sorry. So this is number one. Erica has travelled to a remote part of Peru full of crazy-assed flora and fauna hoping to catch a special kind of fly that only lives on a particular type of Peruvian potato. However, all the potatoes have been snaffled up by a branch of spud you like. Spud she doesn't like more like. And the only potatoes left are 5,000 feet up a mountainside. Erica neither has climbing equipment nor is she a goat, but she wants the fly. What would she do in this situation? So she needs to climb a mountain. Yeah to get a potato yeah. which has a fly on it that she would like to study. Mm. But she hasn't got the equipment. Yeah. You would climb, wouldn't you? You would do it. Well, I'm not going to give it away, but, you know, if it's a beautiful fly, and there are some beautiful How, how would yeah, you describe a beautiful, beautiful one? Because when I see the close-ups, they all look like nah. idiots. Nah. Yeah. yeah, which is the hot ones? Oh, fucking yeah. nerds, the man. <laughs> the really cute ones are the bee flies. They look like little fluffy narwhals. Sorry, what's a narwhal? The whale with the big, like, oh, with unicorn. The horn. Yeah, yeah. The unicorn whale, yeah. So there's a fly that looks like a little fluffy <laughs> version of that, if you can get that in your head. I can get that in my head. <laughs> I feel like we started off on the wrong foot here. I, I, I apologise for the nerd comment. I think it was our hand. I okay. really, yeah, you it was, told her that all flies wrong. look like idiots. Yeah. <laughs> but up close, come nah, on. Well. Up close they do. <laughs> but that's not on her. I'm not saying she looks like an idiot. Whereas the, the thing about... This is the thing I've chosen. That's what I'm saying. So the thing about the nerds. That you call an idiot. Yeah, but all sorts of people study idiots. Like, my mum's a psychotherapist. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Would, is the answer something that you would entice the fly down with? So there's something else other than the potato that it would be interested in? OK. Um, I have um, smeared feces round forests. I don't know if I want to know the answer anymore. Um, I, I've used different types of feces to compare whether different animals attract different insects. So I, I was in Costa Rica and I got a howler monkey feces. And then I got some cow shit, some dog shit, and some human shit, and I smeared this all around the forest. You, who's whoa, 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 human whoa, 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 whoa. Can we just rewind that? That's just why I was slightly. concerned about, yeah. Who's poo? Students. Was it your own? Was it the student? Right. If you had to do an experiment and you had to use You had to use human feces, poo. No, I see where this is going. You, you would use, use your students. own. You would use your own. Students. Well, so you I'm would smear in... somebody else's poo. No, I wouldn't touch somebody else's I'm interested in the term have to. 
I mean, I'd like to say that the human faeces was the most attractive. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you must be proud. I was. <laughs> so, panel, in a moment you're going to have a second guess what Matthew thinks is the right thing to do in some interpretation-based scenarios. But before that, you get a chance to ask him any probing questions that you like. So uh, if you want to question Matthew, and uh, time will be up when Ben's thing goes funny. <laughs> Do you eavesdrop on foreigners? Yes, that's a very good job description. <laughs> this isn't what's my line. We know what his job is. <laughs> well, I mean, a minute, like, when you're out and about, like, if a foreigner, like, called you a cunt, yeah. <laughs> would you say anything or would you go, oh, God? No, it is awkward, and especially because we're trained to listen to several things at once. You're mm. speaking and listening at the same time. So if you're sitting at a table and there are people speaking another language, assuming nobody can understand them, sometimes you do involuntarily tune in and, and mm. there they are calling you a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> how often I, um... does that happen every, per day? Uh, depends how long the meal is. <laughs> Did the rest of us go? We just... <laughs> Very good. I know me? this is racist, right? Oh, God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Given how racist something is when someone says, I don't want to be racist, racist. but <laughs> this is going to be pretty I, fucking I like racist. <laughs> I like it when foreign people say English words in amongst all their foreign language. I think it's really, really funny. Because, <laughs> like, like, if you heard a Chinese person... <laughs> Say, say like... Say what? Say... Say... <laughs> if you... If you are... Susan's <laughs> leaving. Susan Kalman, who no. knows the law, is almost out of the room right now. No, look, I'm not being right. I'm just stating a fact. No, no. If you heard a... Ra- if you heard a, a not racist... A racist Chinese person. If you heard person. a Chinese person, seriously, right, yeah. say, you know, ching, ching, ching... <laughs> And then, and then the word Cindy Lauper. It's really funny. It is funny, admit it. It happened to me. I was in Chinatown, San Francisco. I heard Ching Ching Ching, Cindy Lauper, and it was fucking funny. And you know what? You're as bad as the racist if you don't find that funny. If you think I'm being racist, you weren't there. The Chinese people I overheard were blacked up. <laughs> as they often are. <laughs> Those are black people. (laughs) Being racist about the Chinese, which they often are. I think we should just skip straight to the first scenario. You are summoned to number 10 Downing Street to interpret for the PM in a meeting with a high-ranking Spanish trade envoy. During the meeting, the envoy has had too many coffees and starts mouthing off about Gibraltar. At one point, he says, That's our rock, and those are our monkeys, you baboon-faced, flatulent, shit-eating prick. Now, you know if David Cameron hears such a thing, he might cry. So what would Matthew do in this situation? Would he literally translate what the envoy has said? I think his job is to yeah, do that, so he would do that. I don't yeah. know whether you would do kind of a wry smile. I don't know whether well, you would do that. Well, you could do that, you know, that little... With your finger, that circle movement near your head. This is what this weirdo's saying. You could say that, but this isn't really the answer. I'm giving you advice, really. I'm doing your job. Trying to help you I, out. I think he'd be slightly, he might not give a literal translation. I think he might be a bit diplomatic, but say, look, he's not happy about that. Do you that. think he might say, ching, ching, ching? Cindy Lauper. <laughs> uh, Matthew, have you ever been to number 10 Downing Street? 
Yes, well, I can't say I've literally been in that exact situation um, because I've signed the Official Secrets Act. (laughs) (laughs) But let's say hypothetically I were. um, The Speaker clearly intends to give offence. Yes. And one would assume that I've been hired by the British authorities, not by the Spanish authorities, so it's not my task to help a Spaniard save face. So it would be my patriotic duty to render the insult as accurately as possible, which I would do with great relish. (laughs) Uh, Kevin, what would you do in this situation? If you're given £9,000 worth of spoons... You're actually meant to declare any gifts over the value of £100. And any gifts of any value you get should really be commensurate to the services you've provided. (laughs) Hold on, so you're allowed to get gifts based on how good your service as a GP is? Well, if someone, you know, if I just went and gave a little old lady some antibiotics for a chest infection and she gave me £9,000 worth of spoons, it's probably inappropriate. (laughs) So are you saying it would be okay if it was one spoon? <laughs> well, yeah, I Two spoons. I never thought I'd hear that sentence. And I'm so glad I haven't died without hearing that sentence. Five spoons. I, well, I, I don't know, I've never read really Ten spoons. Probably no more than ten spoons. So no more than ten spoons. <laughs> so if you cured someone's... If someone had cancer and you helped them through that and they got better, you'd be happy with £9,000 worth of spoons? Well, I'd probably want a whole cutlery set. (laughs) I would like to ask, statistically, how many people in this room right now are likely to be psychopaths? Okay, well, there's, I would say, 100 people in this room. Um, Thank you. It's very nice of you, John. (laughs) Is there fewer that... No, there's not. No, 50? 50, okay, so... um, the statistic is one in a hundred people is a psychopath, so... But everyone knows probably one person that they think yeah. they're so ruthless and they're so charming and no-one susses out what they're like. Uh, I'm interested in what you just said about, uh, about there being... Um... I was scared you are going to be like, you're the psychopath! I've got so much remorse! Who on the panel, who out of the five of us... Is yeah, who would be most psychopathic? Michael. Yeah! Right, panel. Here's the first question that we put to Simon. Simon is with a team of scientists trekking through the rainforest looking for the very rare Bolivian saber-toothed rabbit. Very few people have seen it, let alone been able to study it. It's very tiny. And after months of fruitless searching, the team are beginning to understand why. After a long day walking through muddy terrain, Simon is back at camp scraping the claggy earth from his boots when he realises it isn't claggy earth after all. It is the remains of a crushed Bolivian saber-toothed oh, rabbit. I feel really upset about Which it. Which he stepped on by mistake. What would Simon do in this situation? Oh, cry. <laughs> I reckon he Jurassic Park the shit out of that. <laughs> yeah? Do you like Jurassic Park? Yeah, it's like the Bible to us. <laughs> What would you do? You've um, everybody's been looking for this rabbit, and you've it does sound like something I do. It does sound like you do. You've stood on it. What would you do? Um, you can still study it if it's dead, right? Is it the last, last one? Choice? Yeah, it's, it's last... totally the last one. I don't think it's the last one. It's we'll be just all right a bit then. Rare. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Simon, what would you do in this situation? Well, probably scrape it off and try and do the best I could with it. So if it's dead anyway, the thing is actually we document species all the time that are dead. Like half the time, if you go, you fog a tree, you put smoke up a tree, and you're killing things just to prove they were alive without any <laughs> form of irony. So you get tons of... <laughs> It's very common to identify species that are dead. So you're That's what I said. Yeah, so you'd probably get the points if I have to... Yeah! Points to Margaret. So you're right, right. booting something in the head then. That's good to know. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to. It's not uh. choice, but if you have to, you make do with what you have. I know people who've identified species from dung. Like, they've looked in the dung to see the things that have been eaten and actually identified them from the charred, eaten remains. What, oh. what would you have done if you were one of the scientists in the film The Thing? <laughs> I would assume I'm the thing in quarantine myself I think if I had a choice for study oh my god that's the most beautiful answer I've ever heard to anything <laughs> the thing is this actually happened so Charles Darwin it didn't happen no, no not at all situation with the rabbit they, uh, they were searching for the lesser rhea in South America and he found it when he discovered he was eating it um, careless. Yeah. So the, the, the it's a slightly it. different film, but what would you have done if you were the Heath Ledger character in Brokeback Mountain? <laughs> Paul, we're trying to win points here. <laughs> what would you have done about the squirrel at the back door? The, the... Oh, no, that was my question. <laughs> I've actually been in that situation. That, that, this is really gross. But <laughs> when I was a kid, there was a bird which went straight into our window and it broke its head so that it was looking at me through the window with its head upside down. Oh, God. Did you turn the radio off and so, look away? <laughs> I went and got some bread thinking I couldn't kill it, but I could let it die surrounded by food in kind of paradise. But as I went outside and I went to feed it the bread... This scared it, so it took off, and as its head was upside down, it flew backwards into a field where a horse stood on it and ate it. we have a selection of do the wrong things that listeners picked out. Yes, before we hear, there was a guy called Steve Holmes on Twitter who still doesn't understand what Margaret meant when she spoke with authority about how German men don't have foreskins. You, do you just want sound, me to... You sound um, very adamant in the clip. That yeah, ger- and do you know what I've actually learned since then? It's not true. Uh. <laughs> what I'm saying is the German man I have slept with doesn't have a foreskin. <laughs> So I don't know why. I've I got such a clear sample. image now of your husband's penis. <laughs> you had that anyway. The yeah. Jewish man I've slept with didn't have a foreskin. That is a more common, common. piece of knowledge. <laughs> I'm basically all foreskin. That's all I've got. Oh God. <laughs> to save the world what is the wrong thing to do is it book a spa day (laughs) (laughs) spa day I like a spa day you're an idiot Nick Clegg asked to use your toilet what is the wrong thing to do haggle (laughs) eat the toilet <laughs> That's the, always the worst thing you can do in any circumstance. Say get a point for that. Me, <laughs> you're a fucking moron. 
I've invested so much money in this festival to do a show with you. <laughs> it is Ina Toyla. You'll look stupid if that's the right answer again. <laughs> a German man contacts you on Facebook and says his ultimate fantasy is to watch someone cut his foreskin off and cook it for him. He offers you £10,000. What is the wrong thing to do? Pair it with an Australian white. <laughs> Yes, it, 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 it's got to be old world. It's got to be old world. It's got to be an old world uh, wine. I would go with a saucer. <laughs> Why is it... that a German man? German men. I'd go with a saucer. Because there was a guy who did it. Yeah, yes, no, no, no. The f- German men don't have foreskins. <laughs> they don't. They no, don't. They're, they're famously not Jewish now. I know. And I know, and I know. That German men do not have foreskin. German men... They're, they're born without foreskin. <laughs> For, foreskin Deutsch technique. <laughs> Clive comes round. What Clive? is the wrong thing? <laughs> Clive. <laughs> Clive. Clive comes round. What is the wrong thing to do? <laughs> let, let Clive in. <laughs> Clive comes round. Stop saying it! That is literally the question. Clive comes round. What's the wrong thing to do? Yeah. Yeah, Michael. The wrong thing to do is to ask Clive, how's his wife? (laughs) Yeah. Because she recently passed away. (laughs) That's actually very wrong. That is wrong. You see dead people, what is the wrong thing to do? Introduce them to Clive. Every time you have a wee, a fish comes out your penis. What is the wrong thing to do? Uh, Britain's got talent. Yeah. (laughs) Start an aquarium. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. The right thing is to wank and get them all out at once. (laughs) No, the right thing is to learn how to shit chips. You are left in charge of buying a pregnant colleague's leaving present. What is the wrong thing to do? A bottle of gin and a coat hanger. Um, a Weight Watchers subscription. Andy. Probably put them in an old Soviet space rocket uh, in a dog outfit and fire her into space. That sounds very so expensive. Chase that stick. <laughs> they, did put a, they had another rocket before the dog in the rocket that just had a stick in it. Just had a stick? Yeah. <laughs> there you go i hope you've enjoyed this best of episode if you disagree with any of the choices then direct your complaints towards producer ben hi please remember to leave us a review on itunes it is really really helpful or like the show where you possibly can on social media the little heart things or the little star things or just when you're out and about in the shops like when you go to co-op think i really like do the right thing because all that helps also persuade your friends and family to persuade your friends and family to listen unless they are of a sensitive disposition michael and margaret any last words Uh, yes sorry shut up margaret bye Eh. Eh. do the right thing Eh. featured margaret Eh. cable smith michael legg Eh. danielle ward and Eh. me producer ben walker Eh. martin Eh. white didn't do this music Eh. but he wrote the music Eh. that inspired it Eh. Thanks to everyone for their clip suggestions. Do the Right Thing is a fuzz production for the internet. Do the right thing. Do the right thing.
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.